0: There is madness in the White House and sadness in Buckingham Palace, coming up next on One Nation. Hello America, welcome to One Nation, I'm your host Jake Jacobs. I'll tell you what, I just found out that the Queen of England has died. Queen Elizabeth, an icon. Uh, uh, in Western civilization for a long long time. She was with us during World War II fighting National Socialism. She was with us through the Cold War. I actually uh, went to school at University of Brighton when she was the Queen of England back in 1980 Uh, and also Maggie Thatcher was the Prime Minister. Boy was she hated by the leftists and I got my doctoral uh, graduation at London at the church house right there by uh, Westminster Abbey area. So so, uh, I just want to pay homage to the great Queen Elizabeth of England. Now guys, um, before I get to tell you a little bit about me and about this show, uh, I, I want to talk about the madness, the-, the craziness that has been permeating the Biden administration. So producer Mike, if we could listen to Joe Biden speaking here a few weeks back about his viewpoints when it comes to America, American loving uh, lovers of liberty. Here goes.
1: You and 81 million Americans voted to save our democracy. That's why Donald Trump isn't just a former president, he is a defeated former president. Americans are going to have to choose. You must choose. We'll be, we'll be, will we be a country that moves forward or backward? Trump and the extreme MAGA Republicans have made their choice to go backwards, full of anger, violence, hate and division. But we've chosen a different path forward, the future, unity, hope and optimism. These guys never stop and we're never going to stop either. Look. My friends, we offer a starkly different version and vision of this country, a vision of a better America that's within our reach, that's within our hands if we just vote. President Biden speaking at a campaign
0: rally in the D.C. suburbs of Rockville, Maryland. He also attended a fundraiser where he told donors, quote, what we're seeing now is the beginning or the death knell of an extreme MAGA philosophy. It's not just Trump, he said. It's the entire philosophy. It's like semi-fascism, end quote. (laughs) There's nothing new under the leftist sun. Over and over and over again, from time immemorial, we hear the words fascist. Now, here in his speech, he says they're going to save democracy. Just like a couple of weeks ago, there was Nancy Pelosi saying, we're going to spend $400 billion to save the planet. This is an existential thing going on here, you know, and we Democrats are going to save the planet. And there's Biden talking about unity, hope, optimism. He's going to unify the people. The unofficial motto of the United States is e pluribus unum, making one out of many. The very nature of this democratic regime is divisiveness, segregation, attacking at identity politics. He says that we offer a a starkly different vision of this country. You bet you do. It is one of radicalism, collectivism, and big brotherism. And we're going to talk more about that later on. And then you'll notice towards the end, he said extreme mega philosophy. Please remember that. He said it's not just Trump, it's an entire philosophy, a worldview. And then he said it looks like semi-fascism. By the way, you're not semi-pregnant, you're either pregnant or you're not. You're not semi-fascist, you're either fascist or you're not. And I gotta tell you something, that Joe Biden is once again going to the old hackneyed Fascist card and this is not new. This is not new this it was it was George Orwell in 1946 he wrote an essay called a politics in the English language in it He said that politicians who are in it for self-aggrandizement for glory for themselves for their ego for megalomania will use the English language obfuscate twist distort pervert language for power to deceive the people for the vote so they can achieve power. And so what I'm telling you right now is that this Joe Biden who tells us during the 2020 election debates that Antifa is just an idea and then he gives speeches around the country that the mega folk, the mega philosophy, the Trump people are fascist, so 74 million plus Americans voted for Donald Trump. 74 million plus. And we're fascist. In essence, what he's saying is we're evil. Now, we, we need to have a little history lesson, because leftists, these wokocrats, what they want us to do is they want us to go everything from the past to go down to the Orwellian memory hall. Well, this is something this show is going to be dedicated to, that we remember the past. 1776, 1787, 1791, with the ratification of the, uh, of the Constitution and the ratification of the Bill of Rights that's so important for us to understand. The greatness and the, the wisdom of the founders of America, but not just history from a couple hundred years ago, but recent history, recent current events. They'll say one thing on a Monday, and they'll say something different on a Wednesday, and they'll lie about it on Friday. And this is what we're dealing with when it comes to the radical, the wokocrats the in the White House. It's so important for us to recognize that. Now, let's talk a little bit about the history of the word fascist. I've got a picture producer Mike to put a picture of of Ronald Reagan. This is a pic and for those of you who are on the podcast it's a picture from a poster picture from 1968 when they tried the recall the governor of the state of California Ronald Reagan many of you know I absolutely love and adore. I actually had the honor of speaking at the Reagan Ranch in Santa Barbara, California. I speak at his, home, uh, his hometown in Dixon, Illinois uh, for Young Americans for Freedom, and it's such an honor for me to be able to speak on his life. In fact, we're going to produce a series here on the life of Ronald Reagan, but I digress. But here's the point. That poster that, uh, that says the fascist gun in the West, <laughs> that comes from 1968. You mean to tell me, Jake, that when, uh, when Joe Biden, I was going to call him Barack Obama, he's just the puppet of Barack Obama, but when Joe Biden calls half of America fascist, this is not new? You mean that Democrats, that leftists have been using that term fascist since 1968? Exactly. But it's even, it goes farther back than that, it goes back 100 years in history. Back in the 1920s, 1930s, we had in Germany uh, a government called the Weimar Republic. The Weimar Republic was a liberal republican government, a liberal democratic public government. And there were a number of political parties that were vying to destroy liberal democracy, liberal uh, democratic republicanism, so to speak. One of the groups was called Antifa or Antifa Action. The German word is quite long, and I'll bastardize the German, so I won't pronounce it, but Antifa. Now, you may be thinking, wait, you don't mean Antifa that you talk about in your book Mob Rule, unmasking the radical leftists at our doorstep? Yeah, that Antifa. The Antifa of that horrible, deplorable summer of 2020 which was involved in attacking major cities, Portland, Seattle, Chicago, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., that Antifa that worked in collusion with the Marxists of Black Lives Matter, that Antifa's roots go back to Antifa of Germany. They were Marxists. They were communists. The leader of this group was called Ernst Thoman, and Ernst Tolman, he hated all the various political parties of Germany in the 1930s within the Weimar Republic. And so what he hated, the Social Democrats, he hated the Catholic centrists, he hated the National Socialists. From left and right, he hated them all. And you know what he called all those various political opponents? He called them fascist, thus they were anti-fascist. So the Marxists, the German Marxists, this this Ernst Tolman was a lover of Joseph Stalin, they commonly used the term fascist to attack their political opponents. So there's nothing new under the leftist uh, worldview when it comes to them using nomenclature, terminology to attack their political opponents. And you may be saying, yeah, but they were against the Nazis. Well, yeah, we're all against the Nazis. The National Socialists were evil, but so were the Stalinist Marxists of Germany of the 1930s. Antifa of Germany of the 1930s was evil. Yes, the Nazis were fascists, but stop and think of it. Joe Biden called you and me and those of us who love our republic under God fascista? That's absolutely absurd. Now, by the way, People don't recognize and realize that another gentleman that worked with Ernst Thoman of the anti fascist Marxists of Germany was a guy by the name of Gunther Reimann. Gunther Reimann actually worked with this anti fascist organization. They were Marxists, okay? And his granddaughter is Malina Reimann Abdullah. You may say, well, who's Malina Raiman Abdullah? She is the founder, the co-founder of Black Lives Matter, the Marxist organization Black Lives Matter of Los Angeles. She's the one who attacked uh, Jewish neighborhoods in Los Angeles, Fairfax, Beverly Hills. And her, her ilk, along with Antifa, were spray-painting uh, spray Judenhas or anti-Semitic Jewish hatred, throughout the various uh, Jewish synagogues and Jewish communities during that horrible summer of 2020. Melina Ryman Abdullah's father is John Ryman. He's a Marxist who ran for mayor of Oakland, California. So here's my whole point. Yep, there is the President of the United States, Benito Bidenolini, Joe Biden, Brandon Biden, Benito Biden, sitting there and calling you and me and millions and millions of Americans who love life, who love liberty, calling us fascists. That's not new. Because the Marxists, the leftists, have been calling their political opponents fascists for almost a hundred years. And it relates to Black Lives Matter Marxists of today and Antifa of today. That is why during the debates, Joe Biden said the inane, absolute asinine, ridiculous, stupid thing that Antifa was just an idea. And then when Joe Biden says the mega philosophy, the Trump followers, Do you understand what he's up against, what he's saying? He is saying is that the ideas of this group are fascistic. It's fascistic to believe that the life of the baby in a mother's womb is sacred. It's fascistic to believe that you should balance a budget and live within your means and not spend money you don't have and print money that you don't have and spend literally trillions of dollars putting us into inflationary processes. It's fascistic to believe if you come to America, you come here legally. It's fascistic to actually believe that the the cartel on the Mexican border should not be working in collusion with the Democratic Party with human trafficking, sex trafficking, and fentanyl drug trafficking that's coming up all through America into Green Bay, Wisconsin, Buffalo, New York, all across this country. That's fascistic. To believe in the rule of, of law and order? You know, producer um, Mike, if you could go back to that picture of Ronald Reagan, that poster from 1968, if you have that handy. That comes from... A, that comes from a movie that came out in 1953 called Law and Order, starring Ronald Reagan. And Ronald Reagan was called a fascist because he believed in the rule of law. He believed in our constitutional federal republic under God. And that's fascism? No, that's insanity of these leftists, these wokocrats, these mobocrats, these democrats, to dare charge us with, with, with being what they are. This is the mode of operation of fascists, is to, in essence, accuse their political opponents of being that which they are, Benito biden Olini You ought to be ashamed of yourself. And by the way, it was other Marxists, cultural Marxists, neo-Marxists like Theodore Adorno and Herbert Marcuse who fled Germany in the 1930s being Jews who rejected Judaism and the child of Judaism Christianity. They hated the Judeo-Christian worldview. They were Marxists and they came to America and they taught at Columbia and Madison and Berkeley and University of California, San Diego. I remember I used to live out west. I lived in San Diego when Herbert Marcusa was the guru of the Frankfurt School, the one who, who wrote the essay in 1965, Repressive Tolerance. And what he said in that essay to his uh, disciples, these leftist disciples, the Bill Ayers of the world, the Bernadine Dorns of the world, of the Weather Underground, students of a, for a democratic society who called for revolution in the streets of America. What he said is, we are to accept all the ideas of leftism, of secularism, of atheism, of a new world order, but we are to reject the Judeo-Christian worldview. We are to reject classic liberalism. We are to reject uh, conservative traditional values. In fact, we're to go after them and destroy them. And the root, it's come to fruition in America that the teachers, the students of uh, Marcusa became teachers who taught the future teachers who are now the woke teachers in our schools today. So this terminology of using fascists against their opponents, it goes back in history with the Marxists, with the anarchists, with the hardcore leftists, the, uh, the early origin of wokeocracy, so to speak. Not a coincidence, people, that we hear that kind of language. So quickly, what I want to do is just go back to this speech that President Biden gave. Now stop and think of it. His backdrop is Philadelphia, the sacred hall of Philadelphia, right, where the men, those brilliant founding fathers that the leftists hate so much that they call fascists when they designed our incredible Declaration of Independence that said we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that we are endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And that very same Declaration calls our Creator the supreme judge of the world. If you doubt me, read the last paragraph. It's so important for us to be reading the Constitution and the Declaration. This is persona non grata in our schools nowadays. So he has the backdrop. It's Philadelphia, where those wise men gave us the Declaration of Independence, but not only that, they gave us the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, in that summer of 1787, where the big states and the small states and the slave states and the free states grappled and argued and debated about what kind of government are we going to have. And eventually, as you know, they gave us a federal constitutional republic under God. And by the way, I've had professors at University of Wisconsin school system tell me I couldn't teach my students that this was a republic under God. He was my supervising teacher at a private academy where I used to teach. And I told him in no uncertain terms, you don't scare me. Your academic intimidation doesn't scare me. You may be my boss, but you'll have to fire me before I stop telling the truth to my students. I didn't get fired. I survived. And I just gave him historical, empirical, evidence upon evidence that this is a republic established under God. That's for another show, another time. But my point is, that backdrop for Joe Biden, it's a sacred area. And he spat on the graves of our founding fathers by the things he spoke in that speech. Benito Biden, shame on him. So here, let's just go quickly to a few things he had to say in that speech.
1: Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Now I want to be very clear, very clear up front. Not every Republican, not even the majority of Republicans are mega Republicans. Producer
0: Mike, could you hit pause there? Look, th- this is so typical. Th- this, is, this is this perversion, this Orwellian, you know, he makes reference to, you know, politics and the manipulation of the English language. You say one thing to a group and another thing to a group, or you have discombobulated perversion of language, and you say that this whole group, these mega Republicans, they're fascist. But no, I don't believe that all Republicans are that way. No, just the 74 million Americans who voted for Donald Trump. This is what they do. These are masters of deceit, perverters of language. We know exactly what he means. And he's doing it to stir up his left-wing base, to appease the socialist squad and all the socialists and Marxists within the Democratic Party. But he's not fooling millions and millions of Americans who understand what he's up to. His manipulation of language is lying and deception. Biden goes on and on and on to talk about how deplorable, how horrible those of us who believe in making America great again are. That somehow within the Republican platform, and by the way, I have to say this. I don't call leftist liberals. I call them leftists. I call them a number of things, but they're leftists because the word liberal comes from the word libre, liber, liberty, and a true conservative, not necessarily a Republican, a true conservative or what I call classic liberal, believes in limited government, small government, Republican form of government, separation of powers. This is so important for us to understand. But what Joe Biden did in his speech and has been saying in his speeches for weeks on end, and will do it until the election in November, is that the mega ideology is fascist. It's fascist to love your country. It's fascist to believe in limited government. It's fascist to believe in the sacredness of life from womb to the tomb. It's fascist to believe in the rule of law and order. It's fascist to be against defunding the police, to be against attacking policemen in the streets of America. It's fascist to point out the Marxist nature of Black Lives Matter and Antifa. It's fascist to believe in traditional family values. It's fascist to believe in science, in the laws of language and logic. Absolutely absurd. This is what's going on right now within the the Democratic Party. They've been taken over by Camo fascists, by radicals. Ocasio-Cortez, who someday has her eyes on the White House, I call the stat squad the socialist squad. They are about collectivism, big brotherism, controlism. It goes by a thousand different names. It goes by you know uh, American Marxism, woke uh, wokeism, uh, you know race race Marxism, uh, cultural Marxism. A thousand different things. But bottom line, it is about control centralized collective control. It is why when you stop and think of it, when, when when they go, they use that term fascist. When you when you look at what uh, Benito Mussolini was, a fascist, and Adolf Hitler was a national socialist, and Joseph Stalin was a Soviet socialist, they're all about collectivization. They're all about central control. They all hated liberalism. I'm talking Frederick Hayek, the great Nobel Prize winner. Frederick Hayek wrote the book The Road to Serfdom. In there, he says, you know what? The fascist, the the fascist and the, the National Socialists and the Socialists were pretty much the same thing. I mean these PhD pinheads, they can all sit there and they can debate the fine nuances of the difference between the Marxists on the left and the uh, you know the National Socialists on the right that looks like a totalitarian duck, quacks like a totalitarian duck, and kills and maims and defies the First Amendment, freedom of religion, speech, press, and the right to peaceably assemble, and the right to petition your government for grievances thereof. That's what these leftists, these rightists, these these national socialists, these Soviet socialists are all about. You and I don't care about the political spectrum that, that has these PhD pinheads talking about left and right. What we're concerned about is life and liberty, and the lim- limitations of government, the delineations of how government should be understood in the Constitution of the United States of America, which is being disregarded by leftists in droves by President Biden, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi. So don't be fooled by the, don't be fooled by their rhetoric, by their lies, by their deception. They are the fascists. I call them camo fascists. And they go around saying they're going to save the planet and save democracy. All right, people, we're winding down here. So we got to say, who, who is Jake Jacobs? Who is this, this crazy guy here telling you how he hates National Socialism, Soviet Socialism, Cuban Socialism, Chinese Socialism, all Marxism of various forms? I'm the son of a World War II vet. My dad, Joe Jacobs, left home in 1943 to go fight the Imperial Fascist Japanese. I wear a ring here that says 1944. It's from a a casing, a war casing, a shell casing from the US Navy. My dad was a gunner and a radio man and a PBY Catalina. He did not come home. He left at 17 and came home in early 1946. That's my background. By, by time, I, uh, by, I used to hear stories of my dad and my neighbor, my uh, uncles and, and my neighbor, my, my friend's uh, parents coming over. They were all in the war. It was like an epiphany for me when mid-60s, when we're all sitting around talking about our dads and a number of our dads fought against the fascist imperial Japanese and a number of our dads fought against the National Socialist Nazis. They gave of their lives and their time and put themselves in harm's way. And they came home to raise a family. That's my background. I knew at an early age I wanted to teach American history about the greatness, the exceptional nature of the United States of America. And I unabashedly believe that with my whole heart. I, I have to, 1968, I was in Madison Junior High School. Our whole neighborhood, the streets all around were Jefferson, Madison, Coolidge, Harding, etc. My junior high school was James Madison Junior High, the father of the Constitution. The high school I went to was Appleton East. We were the Patriots. Yeah, that's how, that's how that neighborhood, that south side of, of Appleton was. We loved America. We never said that America was perfect. We never denied the bad and the ugly, but we also understood the exceptional nature of this country. So I was kicked out of school in 1968, protesting in the hallways for, uh, against racial discrimination and the need for more civil rights in America. I got my geography teacher upset, sent me to the, uh, down to the office, they kicked me out. That's a badge of honor for me. 1978, I was fighting Nazis in Chicago, Illinois. A friend of mine just sent me an article from ABC News that was in the paper about four years ago, and there's a picture of me in there. I'm even on YouTube fighting Chicago police because I wanted to go and beat up some Nazis at the Nazi headquarters. True story. So I think you can tell how I'm wired. And then I ended up teaching at high school and college, and I, uh, for for many, many years, public high school, but then I defended Governor Walker. That's a long story. Uh, My colleagues turned on me. That got ugly. But I never towed to the, uh, the politically correct academic estab- establishment. I was always getting in trouble because they wanted me to teach PCism and I wouldn't do it. Even back then, even in the 90s and the O's and on and on, I would always expose leftism and wokeism, the early stages of wokeism, for what it was deception and lies. I am dedicated to classic, liberal, conservative, Judeo-Christian ideas. That's who I am. But now, why do we choose the picture you see behind me? For those of you in the podcast, it's a picture of the raising of the flag at Iwo Jima. Those are Marines. Marines. It was thought originally the man in the middle was from Appleton, Wisconsin. Long story. But the reason I choose that picture, I want you to see that picture, is it reminds us that three of those six men raising that flag did not come home alive. They gave the ultimate sacrifice so Asia could be liberated from fascist Japan. This is something we need to remember, people. And so when these wokists, these leftists, these Marxists, these academics, when they say America's a nation of oppression, that's a lie. We're a nation of liberation. Just think of our boys dying at Normandy Beach, Omaha Beach. Think of our, the 10,000 crosses and stars of David at that graveyard in France. I've taken my students to that graveyard in France after watching Save It Private Ryan, so they can be reminded of the ultimate sacrifice we liberated France from National Socialism. We helped liberate Europe from National Socialism. I've taken my students to Anzio, Italy, where they could see almost 9,000 uh, crosses and stars of David to remind them that Italy was liberated from National Socialism and from the fascism of Benito Mussolini. How dare you, Joe Biden, call us who love this country fascist? Shame on you. Woe to those who call good evil and evil good. Now, people, you may ask, why do we call this one nation? It comes from a speech of Abraham Lincoln's called A New Birth of Freedom. Long story short, There began, after the Civil War, a desire to have a pledge that people could be reminded about the greatness of America, the liberty in America. And eventually, in 1954, when Dwight Eisenhower, the man who defeated Hitler, was president, he went to church on February 7, 1954. He went to the New York Avenue Presbyterian Church in Washington, D.C. The sermon was called A New Birth of Freedom. And it so moved Dwight Eisenhower that on June 14, 1954, Flag Day, that was Flag Day, the Pledge of Allegiance was signed into federal law. And here's what Dwight Eisenhower said. From this day forward, millions of our school children will daily proclaim in every city and town, every village and rural schoolhouse, the dedication of our nation and our people to the Almighty. In this way, we are reaffirming the transcendence of religious faith in America's heritage and future. And in this way, we shall constantly strengthen those spiritual weapons which forever will be on our country's most powerful resource in peace and in war. We have to remember Stalin just died. The atheistic Marxist just died and he murdered millions. Mao was just getting warmed up and he murdered up to 70 million people in the name of atheistic Marxism. It was Harry S. Truman in 1949 in his inaugural address who said, we believe that all men are created equal because we are made in the image of God, the Imago Dei. He's going down into the book of Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. So people... I want to take you to a little segment of one of the greatest speeches ever given. November 19, 1863, Abraham Lincoln's Gettysburg Address, three and a half minutes long. But what I want you to do is I want you to listen to the last 30 seconds of that speech and then we'll close for today. That we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation under
1: God, shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth.
0: That this nation, under God, shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, and for the people, shall not perish from the earth. Who cannot be moved by those words of Abraham Lincoln? Who cannot understand the sacrifice that was given to destroy democratic systemic slavery and racism? We must remember that. We need a new birth of freedom in America, a fourth great awakening to to the woke madness in the land. That's what this show, One Nation, is dedicated to. So my fellow Americans, until we meet again, Godspeed and happy trails to you.